the rationale for the Basanda Personae. Here's the recruiting and morale rationale for the Basanda Personae. All artists are mythographers, and one of their most fundamental creative acts is the invention of an implicit or explicit personal myth. When you're a young person, especially if you're a young person, drawn to the arts in a society that doesn't particularly value them, the prospect of making a future as an artist can be daunting and uncertain, especially if you're a young person raised in a family without much artistic consciousness or lacking economic opportunity or educational access or any other values than strict materialism, which can manifest as the senseless desire for either expensive objects or expensive experiences. In such cases, you may not have much idea what the life of an artist looks like. To enter into the great unknown of formal or informal apprenticeship in the arts in 21st century late imperial post-industrial America is an act of significant uncertainty and requires significant courage. Because we so often lack community-based models for the life of an artist, the potter down the street, or the painter up the road, it's hard for a young person to feel optimistic about what the life of an artist has in store. So many young people in late-stage America have to step off into the training for a career without much experience, or many role models, or much family or community comprehension. Mostly just an inchoate, often inarticulate drive and desire which pulls them toward that life in the face of financial, familial, societal, or spiritual obstacles. So tools, images, models, visions, and practical experiences which help the young aspirant concretize a day-to-day -day and decade-to-decade -decade vision of being a working artist can be deeply empowering. This is at the heart of what teachers of arts practice do. We not only describe but also demonstrate, not only verbalize but also model, what it is to be a working artist. In the performing arts especially, we do this by involving our students in the collaborative processes by which new art and arts experiences are born. Playing in the band, dancing in the core, brainstorming in the improvisation sessions. We teach our students how to be artists by collaborating with them in making art. This is the most concrete, tangible, inspirational, pedagogical means at our disposal. As the great jazz composer Thelonious Monk said of jazz, I can show it to you better than I can explain it to you. Yes, we employ lectures and textbooks and case studies and documentaries and primary sources and seminar discussions and all the tools of the Western pedagogical tradition. And if we're even minimally competent teachers, many efficacious tools from beyond and before that tradition. But as practitioner and pra pedagogues of the performing arts, we employ even more centrally the models of apprenticeship, of demonstration and imitation, of experiential learning, which have been part of artistic training since the dancing shamans depicted in the cave paintings of Cantabria and Lascaux. Art is, by definition, a visionary experience. An artist envisions an expression, a painting, sculpture, monologue, dance, composition, improvisation, prior to its realization and then works to bring that realization into concrete form capable of being experienced by others. All humans have visions, but artists must find ways to embody those visions sufficiently that they can be experienced and shared. This is why art and artists serve communities, because it's our profession to envision and then embody a community's shared sense of experiential beauty. 
But in order to envision and then embody these expressions, these objects and processes which strengthen a community's shared sense, yes, we agree that this is beautiful. The young artist must locate, envision, and then embody a sense of her or his own creative identity. All artists, therefore, whether intuitive or intellectual, need their own autobiographical myths. The convictions that their own metaphorical, emotional experiences can be the source for artistic objects and processes which speak across a community. The young artist, particularly the aspiring artist, born into a society which devalues creativity, can often use some help in concretizing that empowering personal myth. Young artists tell stories about their teachers, imitate the teacher's personal manner or quirks, share anecdotes about admired avatars of the past, share dreams and fantasies, line their instrument cases or easels or makeup mirrors with treasured photographs, all in service of constructing a personal myth, a persona of sufficient metaphorical and inspirational power that it provides the courage and stamina to be an artist in the Americas for the long haul. Thus, if you're a competent and caring teacher, especially in the participatory and collaborative worlds of performance, then you develop some sensitivity to and awareness of your individual students' inchoate personal myths, the dreamers and pessimists, the idealistic and high-strung, the quiet ones, damaged ones, loners and clingers. Within the boundaries of the teacher-student relationship, you seek to tease out the incipient character traits which will empower each particular student to become more uniquely, completely, and maturely her or himself. If you're pressed for time, you may just say to the student, try it this way. But if you have a little more time and sensitivity, you might say, have you ever thought about it this way or that way? And if you're artful and patient and believe that the student's discovery of a personal artistic mythos can itself constitute a useful creative act, then you might seek to supply the rough outlines of a fictional backstory which honors the student's autobiography and nature insofar as you're permitted to understand it and simultaneously provides a persona whose narrative may be fiction but whose emotional profile is empowering and true. To quote Clark Peters's character Big Chief Albert Lambrot in David Simon's masterpiece Treme, speaking of the costume song and masking social clubs called the Mardi Gras Indians, whose roots are in the astonishingly rich, expressive traditions of New Orleans black neighborhoods. Well, Indian ain't for everybody, but if it's for you, it'll make you strong. Likewise, Basanda ain't for everybody, no matter how much we might wish it to be so. But for some young artists, if it's for them, it'll make them strong. We believe that too. Christina Olyanev quotes Aaron Morgenstern's The Night Circus. You may tell a tale that takes up residence in someone's soul, becomes their blood and self and purpose. That tale will move them and drive them, and who knows what they might do because of it, because of your words. That is your role, your gift. <laughs>